Hello, 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 and welcome to the Hit Stick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Mr. Ryan Long. What the heck is up, Denny's? Uh, across from me is Mr. Michael Seta today. How you doing, sir? How you doing? Ah, living the dream, buddy. Living the dream, as my bosses tell me. Um, Chris, the court, not the quarterback, Chris Sims, is not with us this week. He has some things to take care of and also wanted to give a quick uh, our thoughts and condolences out to Christian Riley, our guest last week, for what he's going through right now. Um, he's in our thoughts. So uh, without further ado, are you ready to talk some AFC East football? Yeah, for sure. After like doing a little bit of research in the division, I don't know if I like it more or if I hate it completely. So I hate I'm it. ready to dive in. For I sure. hated it. I hated reading about the AFC East outside of the Bills. I hated thinking that AFC East was this week. It really put a big cloud over my day, as is the weather outside. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Hitstick Fantasy, Instagram, same thing, Facebook, uh, email. We're Hitstick Fantasy everywhere. Website coming soon, so uh, stay tuned for that. And if you want a shirt, hit us up. We got you, homie. And without further ado, let's do some hit or miss AFC. No, some buy, sell, hold dynasty. AFC East edition. Buy or sell, or maybe you will hold them. Those are all pre-recorded too. Ryan Ryan doesn't say that live. That feels really weird to do without like somebody else like in my corner doing the same thing at the same time. I felt a little. I was awkward. I was gonna maybe jump in, but then I know I don't know if I could like ever hold back. So, like, <laughs> I had to, I had to stay out. We know how your voice carries. It would have rattled my apartment. <laughs> uh, first on the buy sell hold AFC East edition, we have Mister Zach Moss. Um, I'll let you start. How do you feel about Zach Moss? So for me. I'm a big fan of Zach Moss. I was last year, um, and he just didn't get enough opportunity for me to return that kind of value and that payment that I put forth for him. But I just, I just see, I saw it all last year. They're not giving up on him, and they just gave him the ball in a lot of crunch times and a lot of big situations. But he still barely had over fifty percent of snaps, and I think that this year he can, you know, get past those rookie hurdles that he did last year with, you know, the ball security and whatnot. And he's going to take a big step forward. I don't know if I can make him a hit because I think I may have done it last year. But he's going to be close. He's going to be one of my guys that's going to be a bounce back guy. You can pick up in the, you know, fifth through eighth round. You know, and he's going to be a pretty, pretty, I think he's going to be the starter full time by the end of the season. So for me, I'm a buy. Really? I'm not much of a buy. I'm kind of, I'm a sell if I can. If I have Zach Moss and I can get anything for him, I'm trying to get out from under that. Mostly because... Running backs in Buffalo don't tend to do so well. I've been a Devin Singletary holder for a long time. Uh, I seem to end up with him on every single one of my redrafts because I go a lot of zero RB strategy, and that's probably why I'm not a champion. But he just, with the goal line work mostly going to Josh Allen, and with Devin Singletary there taking 50% of the carries as well, like it's just, it's too hard to gauge a real fantasy value for what Zach Moss can really do. I like Zach Moss, the player. I hate Zach Moss' the situation. Buffalo is just not a running back type of place. It's a, you want to be Stephon Diggs or you want to be Josh Allen. And yeah, I could definitely agree because Josh Allen, I know we're going to be hitting on this a lot. He snakes so many rushing touchdowns, and that's the biggest thing. If we can get one of those running backs, whether it is Singletary or Moss, that can be huge upside because everyone has realized what Josh Allen can do. I don't know if it could continue with this, at the rate it's going right now, 
So I'm going to invest a little bit in some good offenses like Buffalo this year. And you could probably get Moss for the real cheap if you are trying to buy him. So that's not a bad idea at all if you are confident that the running backs will start to get those goal line carries. Uh, moving on, this guy's little – Sims also said sell. We, he has his answer written down here. Um, will Fuller, wide receiver, new wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they just drafted Jalen Waddle. They've got Devontae Parker. They've got Gasicki as a tight end. They've got a lot of pass-catching options there. Will Fuller, he's always been real boom, real boom, and then a broken collarbone. But real boom. He's suspended the first game, but outside of that, he's got all of the opportunity, it seems. Uh, what are you thinking about Will Fuller this year? For me, it's mainly kind of what you were talking about with Zach Moss, and it's the situation. I loved his situation last year, being that number one guy with a quarterback who could sling it all over the yard. This year, he's in a very, very crowded receiving room and a quarterback who can't really throw it all over the yard, who can get pulled for a 38-year-old veteran in a winning situation. So I don't think I'm that in on Tua or his skill set to push the ball down the field, and that's what Will Fuller thrives in. So going off of what Will Fuller can potentially do, I'll try to sell here. Oh, I, I can't really argue that. I think I'm a sell as well. a seller or a hold because I want to see what Will Fuller can do on a new team. I know what Will Fuller can do on the field, and that's get down 80 yards and score a touchdown on any given play, it seems. But in a new situation, in a crowded room, like you said, I just don't really know what his true value, especially because they use the number, was it number six overall pick on Waddle? You don't draft a wide receiver at six and not throw them to the Wolves and right out the gate. And Devontae Parker is established there. So I don't know what his true role will be. So I'm very curious to see. And Chris, he's a buy on Will Fuller. So we're all kind of in the middle here. Yeah, for sure. And not only their top three guys as Waddle and, you know, Fuller and Parker, but they also got some other guys who can just snake a little bit of touches away, like Bowden, like Preston Williams, like Kasicki. They got some other guys at tight end now. So. Yeah, I'm going to probably stay away from Fuller this year. I was all in last year, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, you ready to talk some hit or miss? Let's get it. First piece on hit or miss. The New England Patriots will make the playoffs in 2021. This is kind of a tough one. Um, I feel like if Deshaun Watson goes to Miami or Rodgers goes to Denver, they, it would easily be a miss. But if they both stay put and don't play... I could see them squeaking in at that last wild card spot just because it's Belichick and all the improvements they made to their team. They were not far off last year and they didn't really have any good skilled players whatsoever. Added a lot to their offense, a lot to their defense. So I think I'm going to go with a hit here. I think they're going to wait, wait. Yeah. I'm going to make it a hit. They're going to make the playoffs this year. Ooh, a little bold at the end there. Um, I'm going to go miss. Now I do agree. They're getting a lot of guys back. They had a lot of COVID sit outs. They had, a lot of question marks on that team. They lost Brady, the best quarterback ever, and Cam Newton did not look good. But, And I don't think if Cam Newton is the starter, they're going to look really good. They will be like that middle-of-the-pack team who will kind of be like a running defense type team. Uh, but if Mac Jones is the guy, I don't really see a first-year playoff push out of him either. So I just don't think they have the right tools to compete with Buffalo at the moment, but they've got the right coaches. So if anyone can squeak out a wild card spot, it will be the New England Patriots. So I, with seven spots, that is tough. I'm going to go miss, but I don't. I think they will be in the hunt. We will be watching December football, and when they show that graphic in the hunt, the Patriots will be there. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. And Chris says miss as well, so that's one hit, two misses. Uh, next question: Jalen Waddle will outscore Devonte Smith in half PPR formats. Easy miss. 
No chance. Yeah, and, and half PPR, there's no – that's the one thing that Devontae Smith seems to really have going for him leading into the season is he's going to be the target machine there. He's going to be all over the field. He's going to be fed eight to ten targets a game, and with any catches he'll get, that's that's got to be a, that's got to be a miss. Yeah, Devontae Smith is just – he's too good of a receiver, and Jalen Waddell is I, – I don't like Tua too much. That's just what the honest truth is. Yeah, and Waddle kind of reminds me of the same type of receiver that Fuller is, and I don't know if that really fits with – what their quarterback is so we'll see if if Tua does take a huge jump then you know maybe we could be proven wrong but I'm willing to bet against that this year all right and Chris says miss as well moving on the Buffalo Bills will win the AFC East in 2021 I think this one's easy I think this one's a hit I think they're one of the more you know top five teams in the AFC let alone their division so I think it's this is an easy hit for me I'm going to agree hit as well. They're the most complete team in that division. Miami, they're trying to figure – they've got a great defense, and if Tua really is the guy that everyone wanted him to be when he was drafted, then they really could turn the ship. But Buffalo is the foregone-ahead team. The Jets are the rebuilding tank team, and then it's just a couple of teams in the middle. So I'm going to go hit I'm going to go hit as well, and Chris also says hit. Moving on to our last question for hit or miss, Michael Carter will have more fantasy points than any other Jets running back in half PPR. So this one's tough, and the main reason why I think it's tough is who they have listed in front of him on their depth chart, and that's Tevin Coleman. He's He showed he can do it, but it's all about health with him. It's all about can he stay healthy for 10 games. You know, I'm not expecting 16, 17 out of him. I'm saying 10. If he can stay healthy for 10, I think he could take over for Michael Carter, but I'm going to go with a hit. He's going to outscore him just because I'm going to bet against that. So I think Michael Carter will take over by week four or five probably, if not sooner. I'm going miss. I think Michael Carter will not have more points than Tevin Coleman or Ty Johnson. I think it's a crowded room and a bad and a bad team and a tough division. They got to play some good defenses. Miami, New England, and Buffalo all have great defenses. So I don't see Michael Carter, especially he's not going to be the lead guy coming out of the gate, at least not at the moment. With Tevin Coleman there and Ty Johnson, the established running back there, he's going to have to fight for those carries. And while I do think he will take over eventually in the season. I don't think it'll be enough to lead the team in total points. I think he's more of a dynasty asset than he is a redraft asset this year. Yeah, I could see that. Currently, uh, via ESPN, he is slated as third on their depth chart. So you could easily be right on this one. All right. And Chris also says hit. So he agrees with you. So Uh, maybe I should change. (laughs) Well, that's it for hit or miss. Are you ready to start talking some teams in this division? I'm all about my bills like Buffalo. All right, let's get it. All right, and you know over here at Hitstick, we like to go alphabetical order, so we're talking cream of the crop to start this one. Buffalo Bills, baby. I love the Buffalo Bills. I want to slam someone through a table so bad. It is They are like our Lake Erie brethren. I root for them whenever the Browns aren't playing, and I will root for them against any other team other than the Browns. They are my number two at the moment. But for fantasy purposes, Let's start off with number one here. Is there a running back to own in Buffalo between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary? And which one do you prefer and why, Mr. Seta? So for me, it's all about Zach Moss. And I think you're going to be able to get him later. He's listed right now as their backup. So a lot of people are going to be still going with that Singletary move. But I think they're going to be going in similar spots. Now, I'm not going into Zach Moss projecting he's going to be a top 10 running back by any means. But I think he definitely has the chance to taking the next step and become that lead back that they drafted him to be. So I'm going to take another risk this year and go Moss. 
Now, if he proves me wrong again, I'm completely out of him. I'm never touching him again. I'll give him one more year, though. <laughs> I've been saying the same thing about Singletary for the past three years, but it's the truth, and I, I'm also leaning Singletary for this year again for the same exact reason. It's He's all reliable on my bench there. He is going to get 50% of the carries, and I think he's a good running back just in a crappy situation. So Zach Moss, he doesn't really do it to me for doesn't really do it for me too much, but they're pretty much the same in where I value them. And I think Devin Singletary will be the more used guy, and he's just going to keep falling in drafts every year. He'll probably get him in the seventh, eighth round, ninth round maybe. And I think I'm comfortable taking him there as like a bench stash RB. Yeah, I honestly, when when you're looking at these these offenses, like the Buffalo Bills and like similar to the, like, like the Ravens that we talked about before, you, you're going to want pieces of these offenses because they're going to be one of the better ones, a lot of scoring opportunities. And if they change up the game a little bit with Josh Allen running for his life for touchdowns every week, one of them is going to be valuable. So I'll definitely be able to take a shot on one of them. Um, and it all depends on where they start to lie, go and redraft. All right, moving on. Can we expect Josh Allen to pick up right where he left off and have another QB1 overall season? And what round are you comfortable taking him in? For me, I don't know if he can... Can, can do what he did last year. Um, and that's similar to what I was talking about with Justin Jefferson. I think he hit his peak last year. I think that was the cream of the crop, the best season we're going to see out of Josh Allen. He went from throwing 58%, 59% his first two years to jumping up to 77, 78% completion percentage. And yes, I know he added digs, but it's just, it's going to be very tough to be completing that many, rushing for that many touchdowns when everyone's made aware with their lack of run game. So that's why I'm kind of betting on their running backs a little bit. They're going to have to change some stuff up. But I don't think he can finish as a number one. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I don't think he's going to be number one overall again. That title will go to Mahomes every year for the history of fantasy football until he retires. But I, he will finish as a QB one. I just I He's probably around the five to seven range for me right now because I like guys like Russell Wilson more than him, Dak Prescott more than him, even Kyler Murray more than him. I think just with what they can do with their legs, I like Lamar more than him just strictly on what they can do with their legs. And Josh Allen, he's great with his legs. He's a power runner. He will, we were talking earlier about how he kind of hulks those goal line carries. So if he gets like seven rushing touchdowns, I will project him up into the top three, but that's, that's too hard to gauge for me. So I'm going to go again. He's going to regress in the passing. He's, he was never a great passer. He just had a strong arm. And while Diggs is awesome and he will be great because of Diggs. if anything were to happen to Diggs, that kind of the ground falls out from under him. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, I was completely off of Josh Allen last year, and he, he was one of those guys who he definitely proved me wrong. Now, I'm not out completely on Josh Allen, but I'm definitely not drafting him in the top three rounds like I would a Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, even in that fourth round where, you know, you're maybe looking at Kyler Murray or some of those other guys who have the insane upside to not only run for touchdowns but run for yardage. He's a touchdown machine for sure, and he's gotten – over eight touchdowns rushing his first three seasons. I don't know if he can sustain that again. Like, that's what makes me so nervous is without those rushing touchdowns, he's a solid fantasy QB. With those, he's elite. He's a top three. I don't know if I could bet on those rushing touchdowns because everyone around the league knows what he's doing now. I agree with you completely. Uh, Moving on. Is Stephon Diggs a top five wide receiver in 2021? Is he worth a late first, early second round pick? Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely worth that. I think he, he showed he's that dominant number one guy. They didn't really add much in competition besides Emmanuel Sanders, who's 31 years old, 
who showed a little bit of spurts, you know, in New Orleans last year, but still hasn't been like a, you know, a dominant number two. They still have Cole Beasley, who's a monster in the slot, but Diggs is that alpha. He's the number one. He's going to be taken over for the guys like Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, who have been in that top five group for so long. I think Diggs is in that group now, and he's someone I would be taking with Devontae Adams, with Calvin Ridley, with um, Tyreek Hill, that group of, you know, elite, elite guys. And, you know, he, he, he proved it last year. He was one of the best receivers in the league. So I can't, I can't knock it in the late first, early second for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think Stephon Diggs has been one of the more underrated, underrated wide receivers throughout his entire career. He's always been great when he was in Minnesota, but he never got the, the fantasy attention he deserved because he had other wide receivers next to him who were doing great as well. So now moving into a new situation last year, he blew up on the league. He was awesome. And now everyone's finally paying attention and giving him the credit he deserves. And he does deserve to be a top five receiver, especially with a quarterback who can sling the ball, who's going to get, he's going to push for that 5,000 yard mark this year. And I don't know about you, but I'm not too big a fan of the other targets there. I like, you know, like you said, Cole Beasley for PPR formats. He's fine. Gabe Davis, he, he had a little bit of an emergence last year, but he was a rookie. And so will he regress? I don't know, but I'm not too confident in him. So Stefan Diggs is the guy there and I love him all day. Yeah, and they have the same um, offensive coordinator in Brian Dable. He was supposed to, you know, be interviewing for a lot of head coaching jobs. That's how well he was doing with those guys. But that offense should look very similar this year. So we should see a lot of digs, a lot of Josh Allen. All right, moving on. Like we were just talking about, is Cole Beasley a sneaky PPR value? Yeah, I think he is. I think he's one of, He you always know, is. Yeah, he's one of those guys who, no matter what he did in the previous season, he's always, you know, devalued when it comes to redraft or, you know, dynasty drafts. You know, and he's just a guy who's going to get you 10 points. He's going to get it every week. He might not get you 30, but he's going to be consistent for you. So he's a great bench spot for, you know, when inevitably someone goes down for a week or two. Perfect fill-in, especially if you have Josh Allen on your team. He's always been one of my favorite, like, flex plays. He's always there in the later rounds of drafts, and you can always count on him to be playing. If he's if he's not hurt and he's on the field, he's okay to put in your lineup because he is safe for that, like, double-digit target a game. And it's just... It's unreal the way he's kind of disrespected, but I can't really argue against it because he doesn't put up the touchdown numbers. He doesn't put up the big yardage numbers. He puts up the reception numbers. So in PPR formats, he is fantastic. In standard formats, I'm definitely staying away from him. Yep, definitely. I agree with that. All right. Do we have any expectations for sophomore Gabe Davis after coming off a phenomenal rookie season where he saw more red zone targets than Devontae Adams? Is that a true number? Red zone targets, possibly. Yeah, but what are the red zone targets when Devontae Adams is still putting up 12 to 16 touchdowns a year? Yeah. Somebody's I, doing something with those targets. There. Yeah, I don't know. We got to vet that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, first of all, I have a question of what we were just talking about. Does anyone really play standard fantasy football anymore? Um, like, I haven't played one of those standard leagues in literally probably five, ten years. It's been a while. I think our eight-man league I'm in with Chris used to be standard, and then we moved to half point and never looked back. Half yeah. point's my favorite. I'm also a fan of full PPR, but yeah, standard, I, I'm i not trying to join any standard leagues. Yeah, if you're going standard, I mean, that's my bread and butter because I'm going to be drafting running backs all day, but then so is everyone else. So. <laughs> but yeah, so with Gabe Davis, I kind of like the potential, and I wish that for his sake they didn't pick up Manny Sanders. Um, I don't know if he's gonna Manny Sanders is going to be that relevant when it comes to fantasy, but he's going to be relevant when it comes to playing on the field a lot. And I think Gabe Davis was going to be that easy third receivers in that in those sets and he is going to have a lot of touchdown looks because of how big he is 
And I just, I don't know if he's going to be that valuable this year in redraft, but he's one of my favorite dynasty assets to have right now. Yeah, I'm looking at his stats from last year right now. He had 62 targets, 35 catches. So almost like a little over 50% on targets to catch ratio, but he had seven touchdowns. So one out of every five catches he had was in the end zone, which is, I mean, amazing. But if he's not playing that much, like how comfortable can you be with a guy like that in your lineup where you're hoping touchdown or bust? Yeah, usually you like that in the tight end position. And, you know, like what we were talking about before, we're going to, we're expecting a little bit of a regression from Josh Allen. It's just such, it's such a hard thing to repeat the QB overall number one. So I think that, you know, instead of those 37 passing touchdowns that he that he threw around last year, he could be looking at the 30 mark. And, you know, that could take Gabe Davis down from seven to three or four. And that's going to hurt his value tremendously. I agree. Uh, last one for the Bills. Emmanuel Sanders or Dawson Knox, yay or nay? Are either of them worth a, wire, worth a roster spot or are they waiver wire fire? Um, I, I'm going to stay away from the tight end. I think we still have yet to see Josh Allen or that Bills offense since he's been there. Um target the tight end. I feel like they're used mostly as blockers and chip guys. Um, we have really, we really haven't seen it yet. So maybe a very, very, very late round flyer on Knox um, with Manny Sanders. I don't know if he's going to be that relevant in the, uh, in fantasy, but he's going to be a great receiver to take some of the eyes off of Diggs and Cole Beasley. But I think there's, there's guys that could be a number two option rather than the number three, even possibly the fourth option on the team. So I'm going to probably be staying away from Manny Sanders. He's aging too, so yeah. he could finally hit that cliff. I agree, and I, I I like Dawson Knox a little bit because the Bills always seem to be within the 10-yard line, and while we see them, Josh Allen take it himself or find someone like wide open in there, Dawson Knox always seems to be one of those guys. So I like him as one of those touchdown type of plays for a punt at the tight end position, but other than that, yeah, I'm kind of staying away from Sanders this year. I just, nothing too comfortable for me there. You ready to move on to the Dolphins? Fins up. Fins up, baby. Number one, is Miles Gaskin a valuable RB2 in 2021? Yeah, I think he's all right. Um, but the biggest thing that worries me is what Philip Lindsay did. You know, he was solid his first year. He got a little bit into a committee and didn't get too many money touches. And now he's on the worst team in the NFL. So I'm worried about what Malcolm Brown can do to his, you know, overall, you know, ceiling. I think Miles Gaskin is a great value pick because he's, not as talked about as some of those top 12 running backs and running backs are always valuable. So he's definitely someone I keep my eye on and depending where he's going in drafts, I'm definitely interested for sure. Yeah. I, I love miles Gaskin this year. He is somebody who I, the f- is miles Gaskin. Who the fuck is miles? I forgot about that. Yeah, that was, that was me. I was so rad. I was like, who is this guy? Who <laughs> he, he came out of nowhere when they really didn't, when we all thought Jordan Howard was going to be the running back for them last year. And that didn't pan out. But outside of injury, Miles Gaskin was awesome. He only played 10 games, and he still finished as a top 30 running back. And he did it with, he was getting almost five targets a game, which is what you like to see in PPR formats. But he was awesome when he was on the ground. If he's getting 18 carries a game, scoring touchdowns and running 90 yards, that's RB2 production automatically. And you can get him at a bigger discount than you can some of those other RB2 guys. So I'm I'm trying to buy Miles Gaskin right now in Dynasty. I'll say that out loud on here. Hopefully nobody tries to over pay overcharge me for him but yeah my, I'm a big fan of Miles Gaston especially they didn't add uh Javante Williams like I thought they were going to the Broncos went up and stole him they didn't add Trey Sermon they didn't really add to the running back in this draft they got Malcolm Brown from Los Angeles but he never really cracked anything over there so I mean he's the favorite for the running back 
opportunities right now. So I love Miles Gaskin there. Yeah, my biggest concern is what you just brought up. Almost every single person around draft time, who's taking a running back? It's going to be the Steelers, mm-hmm. and it's going to be the Dolphins. And that's what makes me nervous. His talent didn't outweigh, you know, what what his production was last year. His production was great. His opportunities were great. But I don't know if the talent's there. So that's what makes me a little bit nervous for Miles Gaskin. You know, undrafted free agents can have those spike years, and usually they kind of fade off when they pick up another guy who can do the same thing. So I don't hate him for redraft, but I'll probably stay away in Dynasty. Yeah, and I, I, I think the talent is there. I just worry about the injuries. I worry, is he going to be one of those players who just can't stay on the field? I mean, you know, in the two years he's played, he played seven games his first year and ten games his next. So he hasn't had – he's barely played over half a season each of his the two years he's played the league. So if he can stay on the field, I think he's an automatic RB2 without question, but that's remaining to be seen. Uh, moving on, what kind of season can we expect from Tua? It looks like it's not that long ago that Tank Pertua was trending. Now he's being written off. Do you still believe he can be a top-tier quarterback? I do not think he can be a top-tier. I think he's more along the lines of, you know, those back-end, like, number 20 overall quarterbacks that you can pick up and down on the waivers who, who in theory, would give you some rushing upside, but there's not really much because I just I, – I didn't see anything from him that made me think he should be a top-five pick last year. Like I said before, he got benched for Ryan Fitzmagic, who's a stud, don't get me wrong, but he's been a journeyman. He's been a you know a career backup. There's no reason why a top six overall pick should be getting benched in a winning situation. So I didn't see it. I haven't heard any great things in the camp this year about how much he's progressed. I've heard the opposite. And, you know, I'm worried that Brian Flores wants to win and can win with that defense and might pull him soon. And Jacoby Brissett, who's been a decent option, not to win a lot of games, but who can win a game or two, he might get the he might get some starts, you know, throughout the season. And that's my biggest worry with Tua. Uh, I like Tua the player, but for fantasy purposes, I I don't think he's ever going to crack that top ten for fantasy purposes. I think he can be a quarterback who can. We've seen what he did when he was in Alabama. He was there's a reason that tank for Tua was a thing. Tua was awesome in college, and injuries really sidelined him so it's it's troubling to think what he could have been but I think he's still a great quarterback hidden in a bad fantasy quarterback's body I don't think he'll ever crack that top tier where he'll be a must own on any of your fantasy teams but he could lead the Dolphins to a Super Bowl one day so he's kind of in that Baker Mayfield type of sense where easy no I easy with that that's what I mean I think Baker Mayfield can lead us to a Super Bowl I don't think Baker Mayfield will ever be a top 10 fantasy asset just because of he doesn't wait need to be. Wait till you see be. my rankings this year. Hey, I, be top 10 easy. Hey, I can't wait to see your easy. rankings this year. I, easy. I look forward to your rankings more than I look forward to anybody's rankings in fantasy football. Let's go. World. The, the My biggest concern with Tua is they have two guys who, at this moment, they don't know who's calling the plays. It's their co-offensive coordinators. It's, oh, I hate hearing that word. It's George Zagatzi and Eric Studsville, both been in Miami for um, three years and four years, respectively, and they just got promoted from within. Neither of them have called plates before. They've been assistant coaches elsewhere, but that makes me nervous. That can be a train wreck of an offense quickly without, you know, proper, you know, you'll see people jump in and be great offensive coordinators here and there, but a lot of times if they're not from the Shanahan, the parcells those certain trees they usually don't succeed so you know he is they're they're from new england and stuff but i i just i can't see it yeah and I, i'm staying away from the fins 
It, it's kind of a weird spot, but you're right. If if you don't know who's call, if you've got two play callers, you have no play callers. It's it's what it comes down comes down to. It's it is tough to know what an offense can do if you don't know who's calling calling the shots. And and just to like hit it, like hit that a little bit more. One of them is the actual running backs coach, and the other one is the tight ends coach. So if I'm gonna you know hope for a lot a lot of upset, I maybe like Gasicki and I maybe like Gaskin because they may feed their guys. Hey, I like both of those guys, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But rank the Dolphins wide receiver core between Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, and Jalen Waddle, and why do you like one over the other? See, this one is tough for me. I think Devontae Parker is the one to own in Miami. I think Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle are going to play similar roles. They're deep threats, big shot guys, maybe taking a screen or two to the house. But Devontae Parker is that PPR guy. He's the possession receiver. He's developed a lot over the last few years. Um, and, you know, at one point he was talked about being a bust, but now he's talked about as being, you know, a solid everyday receiver. But I don't think that Tua's play style fits Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller. That's what confuses me so much. That team is straight defense and straight, you know, check downs, 20-yard passes at most, and that's not what Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle are. So I'm going to go Parker, Fuller, then Waddle. I, I like everything you just said about Devontae Parker. You're right. He is the PPR type of guy. But in a weird sense, when you look at his 2019 season, the only year he played 16 full games, he was number four in standard and number 11 in PPR. He got all of his production through yards and through touchdowns and only had 72 catches. So Devontae Parker has always kind of had a good wide receiver lining up on the other side of him, whether that was Jarvis Landry or last year when we, they had a big quarterback change and stuff. It just didn't really pan out. So he'll never be, I don't think he'll be another top 15 guy again, but he'll be a reliable option week in and week out for you for fantasy. But where it comes to number two for me, I'm going to put Waddle at number two. I think you don't spend... It's that rookie fever. It's, it is rookie fever, but it's also number six overall pick rookie fever. It's You don't use that type of capital on a guy when you are in that team, when you're in that, when your team is in that position to where it's kind of like, We've got a lot of assets. We've got a good defense. We've got a great team. Now we're filling in the pieces. And you had that early of a draft pick. Like, that's just – Jalen Waddle was a star. I love Jalen Waddle in college. There's a reason he went before Devontae Smith. He is a playmaker, and he is awesome. So I think it'll take a little bit for him to kind of step up into that lead role, but I think he'll do real good this year. So I like Jalen Waddle second, and then Will Fuller – He'll be third, and that's just by default. I like Will Fuller, too, but, you know, he's already missing a game. He's already playing a game down compared to the other guys, so that hurts his average a little bit. But I think we could see three top 50 wide receivers here just off this one team in a situation where there really shouldn't be three top 50 receivers for fantasy purposes. Yeah, well, it's, it, it all depends on if Tua can actually develop, and I think that's what it all comes down to. If he can develop that long ball and taking those risky throws a little bit more, I could definitely agree with your Waddle and Fuller. But I'm going to definitely stick at the moment with Parker for sure. All right. And last question for the Finns. Is Mike Kosicki a good late-round tight end value? I'm going to say yeah, like you were saying earlier. They're playing with their tight ends coach as one of their play callers. Kosicki, he's always kind of been that guy who was taken a little too high than he should have been and never really finished as one of the top, top tight ends. But he's always kind of been reliable. So I like Kosicki a lot. Yeah, he. I think he underperformed where his value was last year and where he was going, um, but that's perfect for this year. I think he showed the skill set and you know the talent to line up in the slot at receiver, and he's one of those you know straight possession, even vertical threat type tight ends, and he falls in line with 
a lot of the guys that I talk about, Ferkser, Hooper, um, you know, some of the guys we talked about last week was, I don't even remember who it was, but, oh, it was, uh, no, it wasn't Tunyon because he's too good. I think it was Irv Smith. He falls in the line of those guys who you could target at the end of your draft and hope for some upside because I think he's he showed the talent that he's, you know, he can be a possession monster and he's a touchdown monster too, but he just didn't get enough opportunity last year. And that could be with the constant change of quarterbacks, what they favor, whether it's receivers, running backs, tight ends. Hopefully, Tua will favor the tight end. So it's definitely a late round stash for me. Yeah, I agree with you. He he's had eighty plus targets the last two seasons, which is awesome, but only fifty catches. So that could go up a little bit for me. But he finished as a tight end seven last year. He had six touchdowns, seven hundred yards. So if you're getting a late round tight end, Mike Kosicki is one of those guys that you should be looking at. If you are punt, not even punting that position, but if you're not willing to reach so high on a George Kittle, on a uh, Darren Waller, on a TJ Hawkinson. He is in that next tier of guys you could be comfortable with playing week in and week out. So I, I like Gesicki a lot. Yeah, just to round it off with the Dolphins, my biggest thing is I'm concerned with what this offense is going to look like. They're a defensive-minded team with Flores. And not only that, they're a good defensive team. And they drafted a lot of defensive guys. They added some defensive guys in the offseason. But they added a really, really explosive offensive weapons. I feel like that a little bit contradicts itself. So that's why... I'm not really in on the the Finns this year and a lot of their players, aside from Miles Gaskin, because got to love me some running backs. <laughs> I agree. Uh, moving on to the New England Patriots now. For fantasy purposes, which quarterback do you want to see under center for New England between Cam Newton and rookie Mac Jones? Now, if we're talking for their skilled like players, I think we want Mac Jones. If we're talking about for their own self, Cam or Mac, I want Cam because he's a stud. He's going to be rushing you know, eight to 10 rushing touchdowns and throwing for like a thousand yards or whatever he did, you know, but um, Mac Jones is one of those guys who's just going to feed people up and down the field. Don't know if he has the arm strength to push it down the field, but I think he would be perfect for those tight ends. He just acquired. I agree with you completely. I think I want Cam Newton because I want the running backs or the running back. I want Damian Harris. That's the only real person I'm interested in new England. I think for offensive purposes this season, I'd, the tight end situation scares me. The wide receivers are completely up in the air. They just signed Nelson Aguilar, which really kind of boggles my mind because, you know, we know Bill Belichick's the smartest coach in football, and he's their GM. So if he's going out and paying this guy who, I mean, Nelson Aguilar, insert the gif of the guy staring, he caught the baby, unlike Aguilar, uh, there must be something there. But, yeah, I mean, for fantasy purposes, Cam Newton, because he has rushing upside, because Damian Harris will eat, but Mac Jones will probably be a little bit better for the receivers because he was, like, the most accurate passer in college history. Yeah, and they should see a little bit of an improvement on their offensive line. They traded for Trent Brown, who they had who they had in the past. Who He's in, he's a stud. Yeah. In my opinion, he's a top-10 tackle. So, regardless, you should see an uptick in their offense with all the guys they added, too. So, I'm going to probably go with Cam over McCorkle, but uh, it, it's kind of close, though. I think if I want, you know, Hunter Henry and Jonu to succeed, I want Mac in there. All right, agreed. Um, is Damian Harris being slept on this year? Can he hold RB2 value? I think I just kind of answered that in my last part, but let's hear what you have to say. No, keep sleeping. Keep sleeping. Keep sleeping. It's Just just don't even worry about it. The Patriots are continually drafting guys. They're continually adding guys. They re-signed James White, who's going to take the passing work. They drafted Ramondre Stevenson, who had a pretty solid college career and could just turn into Damian Harris. He could just turn into that guy who's getting the run, you know, the rushing upside that Damian Harris – supposedly had he had a couple decent games last year but 
I am willing to miss on all of the New England running backs. Um, and I'll take a shot at Ramondre because he may turn into something more. But I just I don't think that Damian Harris is going to you know bring back the value where you draft him at this year. I disagree with you. I think Damian Harris is going to be pretty good. Ramondre doesn't scare me much other than the fact that when it is Bill Belichick team, you don't know who is going to be the lead guy. But, I mean, Damian Harris had five yards of carry last year. He only played in 10 games and only had two touchdowns. So that really hurt his fantasy outlook. But playing-wise, he was awesome. You know, he was not really involved in the passing game. But as when it comes to standalone runner, I think Damian Harris is the guy to own there in New England. Uh, moving on. Hunter Henry versus Jonu Smith, do any of these options appeal to you for the 2021 season? I think, in my opinion, Hunter Henry's the better tight end. I think Jonu is that, you know, move him around guy. He's good in the red zone. He can find the end zone well, like he did with Tannehill. But if we're talking about a all-around complete tight end, Hunter Henry is a, is a top five, top six guy. And if he didn't go to a team that also picked up Jonu Smith, he would be talked about like TJ Hawkinson is this year. Um, you know, and if he was the main guy. So I like Hunter Henry more, but Jonu Smith has just always found a, had a nose for the end zone. So my hope is they, you know, like everyone's talking about, they go to the, you know, Gronk and, uh, wait, what was that guy's name? No, I'm just kidding. We're not, not going to talk about him. <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying. And he, that, that that if they can switch it back up to that kind of an offense, you know, I mean, they have Josh McDaniels back, so it should look like that offense was. But it just it makes me nervous for either of these guys. I think they can eat into each other's work. They're getting paid literally the same amount of money, so we don't really know who the starter is. I personally think talent-wise, Hunter Henry is a little bit better, though. I agree with you there. I think Hunter Henry is the better tight end, but I also agree. I think this year we're going to see a lot of 12 personnel out there in New England. We're going to see a lot of big-body dudes doing big-body things on that offense. So whoever's catching the touchdowns is going to be the lead guy. But I think I think Hunter Henry will be the guy who is the more consistent, you know, catching more passes, getting open more. Johnny Smith will be more of like the blocking slash probably falling into the end zone with a ball every here and there. So I think they're both fine fantasy assets, and I think they're both going to be falling a lot because they ended up on the same team. So I think that's a good snag if you're trying to reach on somebody, one of those punt type of tight ends. If you're getting Hunter Henry as like the tight end nine or John who is like the tight end 11, like that's awesome. I would do that all day. Yeah, definitely. And if and I know we don't usually like to predict any injuries or whatnot, but if for any reason one of those guys go down, they know how to feed the tight ends in New England. So if he becomes the sole guy there, he he'll be definitely dominant. All right. Um, is it time to cut bait on Nikhil Harry in Dynasty? Yes. Next. Yes. Next. All right. Do you think newly signed wide receiver Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne are worth some dart throws in your redraft? Somebody's got to catch the ball. I don't like either of those guys. And the one guy I like, who I'm going to take a couple dart throws at, is Mr. Jacoby Myers. The wide receiver one. I like Myers, and I think he showed the potential towards the end of last season to be like one of those really, really sneaky PPR targets in fantasy. So that's the guy I feel like he's fallen under the radar completely um, with those two big signings. But he could very easily be the main target in New England, aside from their tight end. So I'm staying away from Bourne and Aguilar because of where I, I think they're going to be going a lot higher. So I like Myers, though, because he's still young and still can still can develop and showed some promise last year towards the end. I agree with you. I think Myers is the wide receiver to own there, but if I had to take a choice between those two, I will go Aguilar. I will go the guy that Bill Belichick paid. I, I trust in Bill, so if he sees something in him, I'll see something in him. All right, and last one for the Patriots. Sony Michelle or James White, do any of these guys matter for fantasy anymore? 
Uh, Sonny Michelle, I'm I'm willing to be wrong on again. Like, if he finally comes into his own and becomes that running back that was drafted in the first round, okay, fine. I'll miss on it. That's fine with me. I'm staying away from him. Way too many headaches over the year. James White, he's always consistent if he's getting that passing work, and it kind of falls in line of if it's Mac Jones or Cam Newton. If it's Mac Jones, I like the James White. If it's Cam Newton, I'm staying away. So I think they're going to be more of a power run team, not so much of a check down. The check downs go in Cam Newton's arm when he's running the ball. So if they do make the switch or Mac has shown a lot of promise, I wouldn't mind James White. But he is starting to get old, so we haven't really seen too much from him recently. But he's willing, you know, if you're if you are struggling at RB, he's shown he can be decent at PPR. Yeah, James White full PPR. I will say that every year until he retires. But other than that, you're right. I, Sony Michelle does nothing for me anymore. Uh, he's kind of in that Rashad Penny territory where it's, you know, was it a first-round waste? Probably, but I guess we won't know until they're cut, huh? All right, you ready to talk some J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Boo. God, this is, I don't even want to do this. I went to the I went to the Jets game um, when the Browns opened the freezers, oh. and it was rocking in First Energy Stadium. Shout out, Cliff, for bringing me. That was awesome. But, yeah, I I go to the, some of the best Browns games, I swear. It was Baker's first game, came in, and drove it down their throats. It was awesome. Yeah, I I was watching at a buddy's house, and that was that was the first time I think I'd been excited for the Browns, like legit excited in as many years as I can remember. Baker Mayfield, I love you. Um, But let's talk some Jets. Zach Wilson seems to be the favorite to be the day one starter. Does he hold any 2021 value for you at this moment? For me, personally, no. I think he's a bust. I think he's going to be one of those guys they move on from quick. It's going to be a year, maybe two, and then they're going to cut bait, just like the chosen Rosen. I don't know why he was the easy number two pick. I'm still concerned by it. That damn pro day. Yeah, and what a lot of people keep talking about is what's not on the field. It's a BYU quarterback from a small town in Idaho going to New York City to play. That's going to be a culture shock for him. He's going to need to get his ducks in a line and get focused if he's going to show any kind of value in fantasy. I'm willing to miss on him. I think he's going to be a bust. I, I'm i not going to go as far as to say he's a bust. I've kind of been rising on him a little bit these past few weeks as I watch because the man, he does have a cannon for an arm. He can sling that ball down the field. He's a little mobile, and he plays with a little bit of toughness, but I I, I don't really see him being a fantasy asset this year at all, um, especially mostly because of their pass catchers, which we'll touch on later, but... I just they don't have they're not equipped enough to hold a great fantasy quarterback for the time being. Yeah, real quick, and when you know they just got a new head coach in Robert Sala, who is the D coordinator in San Fran, should be a defensive minded team, so that can maybe work against him. But their offensive coordinator is Lafleur, who also came from San Fran, who was their passing game coordinator. So they showed explosiveness. Should be running that wide zone scheme, the Shanahan scheme that you see pretty much all over the league now. It's a quarterback friendly system, so. There's only so much he can mess up if he's in that system. All right, number two, Corey Davis had a breakout season in 2020 playing next to Antonio Brown. Is he able to keep the ball rolling into the new year now that he's the assumed number one option, or does he regress to his draft bust old self? Yeah, I'm. I never. I mean, I liked Corey Davis coming out of college, but ever since he's been in the NFL, I feel like he has just been overhyped and like overvalued. I don't think he's that good of a receiver. He's a big body guy, but I just. You know, getting those number one targets for, for a team is definitely worth it, and it's a value that you can't really miss on. But 
I still don't have that much faith in Zach Wilson. I think it's going to be a run game, defensive-minded team. Staying away. If he latches on to Corey Davis early, I think that'll be a real telltale sign of what he's going to be. But I agree with you. I don't think Corey Davis, you know, he's only finished as a top 30 wide receiver twice in his career. And then the other two years, he's finished at 64 and 86. So he was never, I mean, for a guy who was taken in the top 10 of the real life draft, like he has never really panned out. And he's always, he he can't be the lead guy. So like that kind of, it's hard to see. If he is the favorite target, then that might be great for him. But if he's the favorite target in a bad way to where he's being overfed or he's just not getting good looks, like it'll be a tank job. So I just moved on for Corey Davis. Um, got me a Tyreek Hill out of that. Yeah, stop trading with your brother, dude. <laughs> it wasn't just Corey Davis for Tyreek Hill before anyone freaks out. See, my biggest thing with Corey Davis is if he was the standard, like, number one guy without any competition, I would probably be more in on him. But, you know, they just added Keelan Cole. They got a target hog in Jameson Chowder. They got Jameson Chowder part two and Elijah Moore. So I just I think there's going to be a lot of miles to feed. And if the wide zone scheme works as it should, the ball's going to get spread out. So I don't think he's going to be that number one guy in New York. All right, moving on. Are there any receiving options on this team that you'd be excited to have this year? I think I don't hate Chowder, and I don't hate Elijah Moore. I think they're going to play that slot role, that you know easy completion. And I disagree with Zach Wilson's arm strength. I think that's what Corey Davis and Keelan Cole could strive in, but I don't think his arm is that good. I saw a lot of ducks when I was watching film. And he tries to play like Mahomes, but he doesn't have the arm strength of Mahomes. So I'm nervous about that. So I think it's going to be more of, you know, the quick throws off the play action. And I could see some of those slot guys being a little bit relevant this year. Yeah, he's kind of like if Johnny Manziel cut off a little bit of Mahomes' arm and attached it to himself. He can get the ball down the field, but you're right, not to like Josh Allen Mahomes level, but he can move around and find himself open too. So as far as pass catching options go, I mean, Elijah Moore, and I think that's it. And that's mostly out of curiosity. Not yeah, and, and honestly, even in, like, redraft, I think there's better options and more high-powered offenses than the Jets. So, in redraft, I'm staying away. But, yeah, in Dynasty, I wouldn't mind taking a stab at Elijah Moore. All right, and last but not least, Michael Carter might not be the lead back to start the season, but consensus is that the backfield will be his in due time. What type of value does he hold for you in Dynasty? Uh, see, this this one's tough. Uh Running backs usually have a short life, especially not on a good team. So if he doesn't prove that he can be the lead back within the first year, I predict that this team's going to go through another revamp, another overhaul in about two to three years. And that could be right after his contract's about to start expiring, and he could be gone, and then he can move on to a team with the big dog, Derrick Henry, or you know something along those lines where he's going to split into you know a terrible dual-threat backfield. So I'm going to say he holds a little bit of upside because he does have, you know, you know, the little bit of, you know, that lead RB1 in his team. But I'm not too confident in the Jets and Zach Wilson. So I think that they're going to be rebuilding soon. Redraft, I, I would probably take a stab or two because, you know me, I love running backs. So he could very easily turn into that next guy who's Matt Forte on a shitty Jets team who's getting all the looks, all the touches. They pound him into the ground. So. Yeah, it's kind of hard. I fear that Michael Carter will be one of those guys who kind of just ends up in a forever committee, no matter where he ends up, no matter what he does. He'll be splitting time with other guys. He's a fourth-round pick, which is not great capital you want to see in a player on on your fantasy team unless they really ball out. So I agree. I Michael Carter, I, in Dynasty, I like him because, you know, 
rookie running backs. You got to be curious. But yeah, as far as redraft, I think I'm staying away from Michael Carter definitely this year. Yeah, honestly, like all of these AFC East teams, it's kind of all like that for me. It's there's way too much mouths to feed. There's way too many options who could like take over as that lead guy, except for the Bills. So that's like the main offense I want pieces in in this entire division. The rest of them, I'm kind of staying away from. I agree completely. And that was the AFC East. I'm glad we finally got that one out of the way because it felt a little gross. But it was nice to talk to you, Seta. Anything else you want to say? I think that's it. Just remember to uh, like, review, and uh, retweet us for us. And uh, make sure you tell a friend at HitStickFantasy on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I'm at the real Ryan Long on Twitter. At Michael underscore Seta. Hit us up. Let's talk some fantasy. Fuck you, Corey. Fuck you, Chris.